Greetings, people loved by God, and as we worship together on this, the Festival of the Holy Trinity, uh, today we start that long season of, of Sundays after Pentecost. And traditionally, this first Sunday after Pentecost is the day that we set aside to think about and to celebrate the Trinity. 
one of the central teachings of the Christian faith, that we worship one God, one God who has revealed himself to us in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You will notice that we will also confess a portion of the Athanasian Creed today. Uh, this is one of the three ecumenical creeds that we confess as a church, although we don't often speak it together in worship because it's quite long. Uh, in fact, even today we won't, we won't uh, say the whole thing together. Uh, but today we will confess a portion of that creed, especially because the Athanasian Creed does focus primarily on the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. For our friends who are, are worshiping with us online, just a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find under the resources tab on the website our, our bulletin that you can follow along. Also under the give tab, there is options for giving your offering to the Lord and his church. We have a very special guest with us this day. The Reverend Gerald Kovac, representing Food for the Poor Ministries, is here sharing God's word with us and the vision and the ministry of that special ministry. Food for the Poor works to help the impoverished people of Latin America and the Caribbean. And they do some wonderful work uh, with the people there sharing the love of Christ as they also care for the physical needs of the people there. And we certainly welcome Pastor Kovac to Chapel of the Cross today. So a few other announcements to share before we start to worship this morning. Uh, please join us for evening prayer this upcoming Wednesday night. 6.30 p.m. is when that start, starts. The, uh, the service is a, a short, mostly sung service of prayer, uh, a delightful time to be together uh, and, and have a little worship and prayer time. We meet in the prayer chapel 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Just a reminder that our life team here at Chapel of the Cross is collecting monetary donations for Thrive St. Louis. Thrive is a wonderful life-affirming ministry here in the St. Louis area. Empty baby bottles were given out a few weeks ago. There's still some empty ones there uh, in, by the table there in the commons area. And that's to help with our collection. So you put coins and bills and checks made out to Thrive into those bottles and bring them back uh, by next week. So next week is Father's Day weekend. Bring them back uh, next weekend and uh, we will receive those gifts. The wonderful thing about your gifts uh, at this time is that all the gifts that were, are given will be quadruply matched. So um, it's pretty significant. You give $25, for instance, and that will, uh, the Thrive will receive $100 from your gift. So uh, thank you very much in advance for your gifts given to that important ministry. I don't know if you've all looked at the forecast for this week. <laughs> it's looking pretty horrendous. It's going to be a, a kind of brutal out there with the heat, triple-digit heat, pretty much all week. And the reason I bring that up is that if anybody has an issue with their air conditioner, um, be very careful with that. Um, know that your church is air conditioned. So during the day, if you don't want to be at home in the heat, don't be at home in the heat. Come to church and hang out here with us. We'd be happy to have you. And um, we, maybe we even put you to work in the office or something, folding some bulletins or something. But don't, don't be, don't be uh, at home if, if, you, if your air conditioner is on the fritz or if you, if you don't have one. Make sure you stay safe when it's so hot outside. Uh, we had a, a delightful weekend this past weekend with our Vacation Bible School. We had Vacation Bible School yesterday and this morning as well. And uh, uh, wonderful to have the children together for that again. Um, in honor of EBS, we will have a little punch and cookie reception after church. So join us after church in the Commons area for a couple cookies and some, and some punch. And one more announcement, Pastor Jim Marriott's last weekend with us here at chapel will be next weekend. Uh, we certainly wish 
uh, God's blessings on Pastor Marriott and, and, and God's speed as he continues to serve the Lord at Concordia University in Texas. Uh, we will have a special gathering after the late service next Sunday so we can sh share our farewells with Pastor Marriott and with his family. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that wonderful opening hymn, Holy God, we praise thy name as that's printed in your bulletin. We stand to sing it together. We make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we approach our triune God and gather in his majestic name, we draw near with a true heart, and we confess our sins. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all people, we admit and confess our sinfulness. 
We have turned away from one another in our thinking, speaking, and doing. We have done the evil you forbid and have not done the good you demand. We do repent and are truly sorry for these our sins. Have mercy on us, Heavenly Father, because of the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Forgive us all that is past, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, move us to serve you faithfully. Set our feet upon the new path of life, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He alone, with the Father and the Spirit, is the one who has promised forgiveness to those who repent of their sins and turn to him. Therefore, as a called and ordained servant of the word, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And also Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity and the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
The Old Testament reading is from the 8th chapter of Proverbs. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the crowds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Our psalm of the day is Psalm 8, and we speak it responsibly. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The epistle is from the second chapter of Acts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. 
You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and he, we are all witness of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. This is the word of the Lord. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. At this, the Jews exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet fifty years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn, The God of Abram Praise.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our meditation this morning is based on a word of Jesus to each one of you and to me. That word comes to us to, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, beginning with verse 31. It's the familiar story of the second coming of Jesus with the goats on the left and the sheep on the right. And to the sheep on the right, Jesus says, Come, you blessed of my Father. Receive the inheritance prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you ministered to me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. Even as you have done it to the least of these my brothers, so you have done it to me. This is the word of Jesus to each one of you and to me this morning. In the name of Christ, dear Christian friends, it happened at a parochial school. As a matter of fact, it was a Lutheran school. And it happened in the lunchroom. At the beginning of the line, there was a huge bowl of apples, and underneath the bowl, there was a note there placed by one of the teachers. And this is what the note read. Please, please take only one because God is watching you. At the other end of the line, there was a big platter of chocolate chip cookies. And underneath the platter, there was a note there, but this time it was placed there by one of the students. And this is what the note read. Guys, you can have all you want because God is watching the apples. <laughs> I'm here, in fact, to talk about children who don't have chocolate chip cookies, as well as the poorest of the poor in the 17 Latin American countries in the Caribbean. But friends, make no mistake about it. These children do have cookies. Let me tell you, about the cookies that they have. Their mothers mold them and shape them out of mud and put them in the sun to dry. When they're dried, she puts them in a little bouillon, adds a tad of sugar for flavor, and these are the cookies that they give to their children. Now, the reason they give the, the, their, these cookies to their children is not because they love them any less than any other mother. It's not because they're trying to punish them. It's not because they're trying to teach them a lesson. But they feed their children these kind of cookies because these mothers have discovered that at least these kind of cookies do take away the pain from their hunger. 
My name is Jerry Kovac. I served as a pastor in the Missouri Synod for 41 years. After I retired from the parish, I soon joined the team at Food for the Poor, where I, who, with whom I have been now for the last 15 years. And I'm carrying out this part of my ministry in my elderly years in memory of my grandson, Nick. And let me tell you a little bit about Nick. Nick died at the age of six after a very courageous three-year battle with cancer. Now, when Nick was still an infant, his parents brought him to the baptismal, where he was baptized into the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was a great day in Nick's life. Something fantastic happened. As a matter of fact, a miracle happened. Through simple water in the Word, God gave to our little Nick the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift and the power to believe, the forgiveness of sins, and adopted him as his son. It's one of the greatest days in his life. But you know what? I would suspect that that has happened in probably all of your lives. The greatest day of your life, whether you have thought much about it or not, is the day of your baptism. Because on that day, God performed a miracle in your lives. Through simple water and the word, something happened. You were given the gift of the Spirit. You were given the power to believe. I know that a lot of people believe that their faith is because they're smarter than everybody else. Because they get it and everybody else doesn't. But that is not true. Your faith and my faith is pure gift of God. And through simple water in the word, God has performed the greatest miracle in our lives. Now maybe you don't even remember the date of your birthday, uh, baptism birthday. You probably don't receive gifts on your baptism birthday. And nobody probably ever bakes you a cake on your baptism birthday. And yet, it is the greatest day of celebration in your life. Now you are reminded of that every time you come to worship. Your pastor reminded all of us this morning when he starts the service in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what God really did in your life that day? He made you a son a daughter of the God who created the heaven and the earth, the God who flung the stars into the heavens and made the seas and the mountains and the plain. That God has claimed you as his son and as his daughter. The epistle writer John puts it this way, what love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the sons and the daughters of God. I invite you 
or ask you to say your names, your first names aloud. You are sons and daughters of God through the miracle of baptism. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. What a blessing. And so you see Nick, even as a little infant. Nick, through the miracle of God, had Jesus in his heart and on his crying lips. Now, his parents took baptism seriously, and so they would teach Nick and have their family devotions with their other children. And in those devotions, the parents were building on the baptismal faith because they were teaching Nick about Jesus, about Jesus, what Jesus meant for him, what Jesus did for him, and how much Jesus loved him. So that even in the environment of the home, Nick had Jesus in his heart and on his lips. When he was old enough to go to preschool, when he was able to go intermittent with all of his treatments, they sent him to a Christian school, a Lutheran school. And when he went to school, he had Christian teachers who again taught him about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he meant to the Lord Jesus Christ. They taught him about God the Father. They taught him about God the Holy Spirit, which we are remembering today and celebrating the Trinity. So that even in his school life, Nick had Jesus in his heart and on his lips. The last six months of his life, he spent in the hospital at St. John's Medical Center. The last six weeks in the intensive care unit. Now, they belonged to a large church in the south that had two pastors. And every week, each of the pastors on different days would come and stand by Nick's bedside, even while he was dying, and would tell him how precious he was in the sight of God. They would tell him how God loved him so much that he sacrificed his son so that Nick could have the assurance that one day his pain would be over and that he would live in the presence of Christ himself. And so even when Nick died, you see, he had the assurance that God was with him. And it's because of these convictions. It's because the family believed that in baptism he was baptized into the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's because the family believed the words of Jesus, if you confess your sins, he is always ready and just to forgive your sins. It's because the family believed in the promise of Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you? I have gone to prepare a place for you so that you might be where I am. It's because the family believed that even through such a difficult time, even though we have no understanding why kids die like that of cancer, even though it is one of the mysteries of God, nevertheless, God claimed him as his own child, and he was now he was living with God for an eternity. 
It's because of those convictions, you see, that the path to healing was paved for the family. And so I'm doing this in his memory because Food for the Poor is a ministry to millions of little children like Nick. But Nick had no earthly life when he was diagnosed. He had a neuroblastoma. Whereas these millions of children do have hope, and it's a hope, an earthly hope, that depends to a large degree on you and on me. You know, there are two catechisms, that can, uh, two uh, prayer books that Concordia Publishing House puts out. One is called My Prayer Book, and the other is the Lutheran Prayer Book. Now, the My Prayer Book is a wonderful tool to develop anyone's spiritual life, a wonderful tool to give the children, because it has prayers for every, any and every situation. Uh, there's a prayer in there for a mate, and when I was a teenager, for some reason or another, I got the book at confirmation. I used to pray that prayer. And now, today is by our 57th anniversary, when we get into a spat, my wife says, but Gerald, remember, you got what you prayed for. But it's a wonderful tool. And I would encourage you who have children at the right time to give them that tool and show them how to use it. But there's a prayer there in the table of contents that is entitled the grace to live a consecrated life. The grace to live a consecrated life. And the second paragraph of that prayer goes like this. Lord, give me a thankful heart and a daily determination to live like Jesus. As God's people, you have the joy, the privilege, and the excitement of responding to what God has done for you through Jesus Christ by living out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. As God's people, you have the joy and the privilege of responding to the words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote to the congregation at Corinth and that he writes to the congregation at Chapel of the Cross. Let the love of Christ control you. Let Christ fuel your faith and your behavior as you live out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. As God's people, you have the joy and the privilege and the responsibility of living out the words to that prayer. Lord, give me a thankful heart and a daily determination to live like Jesus as you live out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. That now, my dear friends, brings us to our text. For this morning. The story of the goats on the left and the sheep on the right. And to the sheep on the right Jesus said, Come you blessed of my Father. Receive the inheritance prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you ministered to me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. Even as you have done it to the least of these, my brothers, so you have done it to me. Do you see what's going on here? Their ticket to heaven, the ticket to heaven of the sheep, is not because of what they did. Their ticket to heaven is not because they fed the poor, because they gave water to the hungry, because they visited the sick, because they visited those in prison. Their ticket to heaven was not because of what they did, but because of whose they are. They were sheep who responded to the voice of the shepherd. They were sheep who believed and trusted in the shepherd. They were sheep who believed and trusted in the promises of the shepherd. They were sheep who believed in the promise of Jesus, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. They were sheep who believed that no matter what was going on in their lives, whether they understood it or not, I am with you always even to the end of the world. So you see in this text, the sheep, their ticket to heaven, was not what they did, but it was whose they are. As an evangelical preacher might put it, they got saved. They didn't do these things, though, to get saved, but they did these things because they were saved. We know, don't we, that our faith is totally a gift, a gift of God. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But you see what they did. They were responding to what God had done for them through Jesus Christ by living out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. I know that there are a lot of people, perhaps young people, in conversing with my grandchildren. They see our faith primarily as the don'ts. It's about what you do and it's about what you don't do. But really, my friends, our faith is about living out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. About responding to what he has done for us through Jesus Christ. There is a story that comes out of World War II. Its soldier came home from the war and he was trying to catch a train. He wanted to get home. He hadn't seen his family for several years. He was overseas in the Great War, supposedly the last war. What he did, though, was when he was running across the train platform, he knocked over a fruit stand manned by a little boy. Here he was caught. He wanted to catch that train. And when he looked back, he saw what he did. So he stopped. He walked back. 
because he saw that little boy was having trouble. The more he tried to gather the apples, the more they scattered. And so he put down his suitcase. He got down on his knees. He pulled out a clean handkerchief and he wiped off each apple and put it back on the fruit stand. And the little boy was so amazed that somebody, and especially a soldier, cared that much about him that he went up to the soldier and he started tugging on his sleeve and he said, soldier, soldier, are you Jesus? And the soldier said, no, but I try to live like him. You see, the soldier was living out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in all of his life, as we are called to do. You are called to do that with other members of your family. You are called to be a little Christ to them and they to you. You are called to live out that vocation at work with your fellow employees in the way you treat them, how much you respect them, in the way you encourage them. You are also called to carry out that vocation in response to the poor. God cares about the poor. Over 2,000 Bible passages talk about the poor and injustice. It talks about the poor more than it talks about salvation, more than it talks about prayer, because God cares about the poor. And so you see, Food for the Poor is made up of a group of Christians from several denominations who have gotten together. It was started back in 1982 by one Christian layman. He gave 200-pound bags of rice to starving elderly over in Haiti. And it touched him so that it developed into a ministry now, which is a billion-dollar-a-year ministry. But at Food for the Poor, it's a group of Christians who gather around the Word of Christ, who are motivated and fueled by the Word of Christ. When I was hungry, you fed me. And the hungry, we do feed. When I was over in Haiti, I worked at a feeding station where we fed that day between 12 and 14,000, thousand people. Can you imagine looking into the faces of that many hungry people? And if you look, last year, over 20 million life-saving meals were provided every month. When I was hungry, you fed me. I have seen hunger up close. My wife and I adopted a couple of boys from Korea when it was still a third world country. And the first one that we got, my first son, he had a big stomach. We thought that he was healthy and wealthy, but that was from malnourishment. He was malnourished. He was starving. And so when he came to us, we, of course, gave him as much food as he could handle. But you know what he would, he would do? He would sit down at a meal, and he would overeat. And then he would bring up his food. And we didn't know what was wrong. 
So we took him to the doctor. We were living in Miami at the time, and the doctor was a refugee himself, so he understood. He understood about hunger and poverty. And we told him the story and the symptoms, and he said, that's an easy one. He said, you're letting him eat too much. His body is so programmed, even at his age, that he may not get another meal. And so he is just eating more than he should. And he's bringing up, you have to learn to say no. When I was hungry, you fed me. My other little boy was six. When he got him, he was found in an alley uh, at two years old and was put in an orphanage until six. When he came to us, we picked him up in New York City, a point of entry into the United States. He got off that plane and he looked like he was three years old. And in the first year he was with us, he grew five inches on the American diet. Food, you see, is vital to those little children, to the development and growth of their brains and their physical life. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. There was a lady who was 52 years old in a remote village in Haiti. Her mission since she was 12 was to carry life-saving water to her village. Well, one day when she was carrying the water, just as she got to the village, she tripped and the water was soaked up by the parched earth. She was despondent because that was the whole purpose of her life since she was 12 years old. And a short time later, the fellow villagers saw her hanging from a tree. No longer do young girls from the time they're 12 until they're 52 have to carry water on their heads every day, several hours a day, because people like you and me have given to them a well that has safe drinking water. When I was in prison, you visited me. Every Christmas and Easter, we negotiate the release of several hundred prisoners who are in for very minor infractions. One gentleman was in for stealing some food so he could feed his family. And when we negotiate, you see, when you're thrown into jail there, they forget about you. You don't have rights. You could have stolen a piece of bread. You'll sit in there for years. And so we negotiate their release. We train them in an occupation where they themselves can make a living for themselves. And we do it at Christmas and Easter so that they know it is because of Jesus Christ that they are being freed. We build houses. There is a young family that was living in a rat-infested chicken coop with buckets, buckets to prevent a river from flowing under her feet when it rained. No longer does that family have to live in that kind of condition because of people like you and people like me. I invite you to take the brochure out. It's found in your uh, announcement sheet. And just uh, take a brief look at it. That kind of gives you the uh, story there of food for the poor. 
tear it on the perforated line, and you're left with two things, this and this. Now this, don't throw it away. I'm going to ask you to put it on your refrigerator, and I'll tell you why. Whose pictures do you put on your refrigerator usually? You usually put your children and your grandchildren. Well, if you put this on your refrigerator, it will remind you that you have more children than live under your roof. That these are God's children. And because they're God's children, they're our children. And we pray, don't we? Our Father, not my Father, not my family's Father, but our Father who art in heaven. Max Licato, a famous Christian writer and pastor, said that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. So put this picture on to remind you that your own children and grandchildren, together with these children, are yours to be prayed for, to be cared for, and to be loved. And then this other piece is an envelope. If you want to become a partner, you can tear this little piece off and fill it out. There's a place for your name. And if you want to become a partner, you check, please make this a matching gift. If you don't want to become a partner, you could say, please make this a one-time gift. And place it in the envelope together with your gift and hand it to me as you leave the worship service. You know, friends, your money can go where you cannot go. When a little boy over in Haiti in a remote village has to stand there and watch his brother eat a few handfuls of rice while he mutters to himself, today is not my day to eat. And food for the poor supplies his daily bread. You will be there. When a mother gives thanks to God that her children can drink safe drinking water because of a well provided by food for the poor, you will be there. If a child breaks the chain of ignorance by being able to go to a school built and supported by food for the poor, you will be there. And so I am asking you this morning to just consider being a part of or making a gift to this ministry and to share the journey with us across the 17 Latin American countries and the Caribbean. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please stand as we confess our faith together in the words of the Athanasian Creed. You'll notice that there are places where I will speak, places where men will speak, women will speak, and where we will all speak together. 
We confess the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as we profess portions of the ancient ecumenical creed written in the third century on the basis of Church Father Athanasius' teachings. Whoever will be saved shall, above all else, hold the Catholic faith. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in three persons and three persons in one God, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. The Father is uncreated, incomprehensible, eternal. The Son is uncreated, incomprehensible, eternal. The Spirit is uncreated, incomprehensible, eternal. So likewise, the Father is Almighty God, the Son is Almighty God, and the Holy Spirit is Almighty God. And yet they are not three lords, but one Lord. For we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge every person by himself to be both God and Lord. So we cannot, by the Catholic faith, say that there are three gods or three lords. And in this Trinity, none is before or after another. None is greater or less than another, so that in all things the unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. He, therefore, that will be saved, is compelled thus to think of the Trinity. Furthermore, it is necessary to everlasting salvation that he also believe faithfully the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the right faith is that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God and man who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead. At whose coming all men will rise again with their bodies and will give an account of their own works. This is the Catholic faith, which, except a person believe faithfully and firmly, he cannot be saved. You may be seated as we gather our offerings to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Dear Father in heaven, we thank and we praise you for your wonderful creation. We see your fingerprints in the beauty and the wisdom of the world around us. And we're grateful for our bodies, which you knit together. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, guard us from all calamities of nature and accident and terrorism. Spare our land from the ravages of sickness and disease. Sustain your creation, Lord, for all living things look to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank and we praise you for taking on the frailty of our flesh and all that it means to be human in order to save us. In your dying and rising, you redeemed us and gave us new life. Look with compassion, Lord, on those who do not know you or love you, that hearing your word they may believe, and by believing they may have life and salvation. Raise up for the work of your church faithful men and women who counted a joy to work for the sake of your gospel and for the souls for whom you shed your blood on the cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank and praise you for working faith in us. You know that of our own reason or strength, we cannot believe in Jesus Christ our Lord, nor come to him. Keep calling us by the gospel. In baptism, enlighten daily the darkness of our hearts. Sanctify and keep us in the true faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Comforter, strengthen the weak, lift up the fallen, heal the sick, and give comfort to those who grieve. We especially remember those who are ill or hospitalized or homebound, including Robert Cunningham, Brene Freedom, Charlene Frischi, and Johnny Spears as he recovers from surgery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Food for the Poor Ministries, and we thank you for the work that they do in your name. As they continue to provide food, housing, and clean water for the poor in the Caribbean and Latin America, bless the ministry that they carry out. Work through us as well to support Food for the Poor with our continued prayers and financial support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the blessing of Vacation Bible School this past weekend. We pray your blessing upon those who attended, and we ask that the word that has been shared may cause faith to grow and flourish in the hearts of your children. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, who with your only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit are one God, one Lord. In the confession of the only true God, we worship the Trinity in person and the unity and substance of majesty co-equal. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith and to life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Voices Raised to You We Offer.